I mean, if I go on my personal page and post something about the East and say, you know, how I feel about the East or what should be going on, they love it. But when I be like, click this podcast because we got such and such speaking about this, mm. it's like deaf ear. And yet, I get feedback that people have listened to the podcast. So, yeah. they may not be liking it up. Yeah. That's right. But, but they, they are listening. Yeah. Well, that's that's right. Well, introduce yourself, Mrs. Harris, because I'm going to say Mrs. Harris, but yes. let the people know who you are. I am Rashawn Harris. I am a financial advisor. So um, I help individuals and businesses um, set up life insurance. I educate them on life insurance, investments, 401ks, Roth IRAs, um, as well as set up college savings accounts. Um, talking to people simply about things that uh, we weren't taught in school, you know, basically how money works. And that's just a topic. That's a broad topic, but it encompasses so many different things um, that us as black people, we just, that isn't something that's been ingrained in our DNA yet. Um, so it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, and so th I'm so glad that this is a platform that we're going to speak is blasted all over, um, you know, nationwide and things like that so that people can get this information. Um, from people that are like them. So like when, you know, they had that concept for us, by us, like I think we're getting back to that. And yes, that is exciting, so. Yeah, because the, I mean, if you think about it, you know, we kind of don't do the retirement thing because I can remember when my grandmother up until maybe after Katrina or the money in the box spring mm. with the important papers. Yep. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Trust. Like, Trust. I, and, and I get it, ain't you now, but mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about the, the negative because what if the house catch on fire? Exactly. Yes. That's what, if, what, if, what if my uncle, mm -hmm. who was drugging, might have went back to drugging mm -hmm. and went in there and took the money? Right. Yeah. At least I know if it gets took from the bank, it's insured, FDIC. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, nobody was told. Well, we wasn't told, hey, man, you know, take 10 grand, you might go get you a piece of property. Yes. And you could have something to leave to your kids, mm -hmm. or you can build something on it, have it as a rental property, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you might just get lucky and get the right piece of property, and Sprint might want to pay you $10,000 exactly. a month <laughs> to put a tower on there. So so I, I, I just want to just go, go back to the trust uh, that we have had a history of being tricked or feel, that's right set upon right yeah. <laughs> yeah uh where we don't feel that those uh are those industries are accessible to us or that they are someone i mean something that we can trust to put our money in i mean this is hard earned dollars and i i remember um my my father uh was the the person that uh when he came of age um, my grandmother would bring money that she earned that she wanted to set aside, not to the bank, but to him to hold. She, she, like you said, she trusts. Trust. That's right. So, and not only did she do it, but his sisters <laughs> did it. That's right. And then his brothers. So everyone followed suit with, they felt that they had a relationship with him. There was, there was no question about if it was their money how much money it was. He left him a ledger. 
They signed it, he signed it, and they went on their way, knowing they could come back at any point. They didn't feel that way about the thing. Yeah. But it, also, too, that leads back to when you said this person did it, that person did it, this person did it. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of that in, I find, in New Orleans, and very much so in particular, where it's cultural. Mm-hmm. So... I ask people all the time, well, why do you do your finances this way? Well, that's how my mama does it. You talk to mama. Okay, well, that's how my mama did it. Mm -hmm. And it literally, so nobody at one point ever says, okay, guys, Mm -hmm. this is probably not how we should do it. (laughs) Right. It's not been working out for a couple generations. Uh Let's try it. But Mm -hmm. even when somebody, even in my family, when I came to them, it was a little bit of Mm -hmm. hesitation. Like, okay, well, why are you trying to mix this up? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you trying to, it's been... Even though it's not really been working, mm-hmm. it, they were comfortable with it. Right. So this is what they knew. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I I go back to it, and I think was it that they're comfortable as a lack of education? Yeah. On on that topic, meaning you know I don't know how the bank works. I don't Ooh, know if yeah. I leave mm-hmm. ten grand in there, how much I can accumulate. Right. Are they gonna take money from me from right. leaving ten grand? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. it's generational, but it's mm-hmm. also... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you we could find a few stories about a, 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 um, a relationship or two that went wrong hmm. stepping into the foot of a bank, especially here in New Orleans or oh, in yeah. the South. Oh, yeah. I bet you we could find uh, something. I don't have any other stories other than <laughs> I know if my grandmother did that and on her way from Gentilly... To hear at the at the at this building, if she would have passed up all those banks to come here, yeah, there had to be a reason. A reason. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I we'll Google it. We'll we'll come back. That'll yeah. be part two. <laughs> that was a reason. Okay. I, I look at it now though, just like even with paying bills. Paying bills is so convenient now. Oh my god. Meaning. You could call on the phone and get an automated system. Mm-hmm. You could talk to a representative. Or you could go to a simple click on your computer. Mm-hmm. Or you could go to your bank and set up a bank payment. Mm-hmm. Some people be like, oh, no, I, I got to go down there and pay the bill. <laughs> so are we doing this because we just want something to do? Right. Or are we scared? <laughs> like, Because I pay all mine online. Don't send nothing to my house. Send it to my email. Yeah. Yes. You know, okay, I'm going to set it up. I don't set it up through the bank, but I just go on their website and pay it. Yeah. You save your passwords, but they be like, no, I got to go down there and do it because um, I got to make sure they get it. They getting it when you transfer the money. It. And there's a paper trail. And I tell people that all the time. When you're dealing with finances, you always want a paper trail. Yeah. I dealt with so many people getting them off of, like, canceling their whole life insurance, getting them with term insurance. It was so difficult to get them out of the head because we auto draft. And I'm thinking, like, this is the best thing. You never have to worry about, like, missing a payment. Mm-hmm. They were like, but but the insurance man comes to my house every month. The insurance man. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow. but what? who's to say if something happens from the insurance, from the time he leaves your doorstep to the time he goes around the corner to pick up the next payment, mm. that your money's never made it to the building. Mm. So if something happens, what do we do then? Something happens between him leaving your home yes. at 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, and then something happens to your loved one at 10 o'clock. Exactly. Well, Mrs. Martin, we you didn't make your um, premium. Yeah. Well, I gave it to Mr. John. Well, Mr. John ain't never made it back, so I don't really know if you gave it to Mr. John. Yes. Yes. And you shouldn't feel comfortable with that spend because I used to see it a lot in the mouth. I seen it a whole lot. Like, 
why do I keep coming back here? Because I'm back here on the first collecting my own, what you owe me. <laughs> oh, that's just the insurance man. So you feel comfortable with the insurance man coming to your house taking cash. How you know the people out there, your court ain't going to crack him in his head. Exactly. And take all the bread. Exactly. But okay. I just feel comfortable like that. Yeah, to okay. each his own. Yeah. But and older folks like the transaction. <laughs> you get to have that money in your hand, oh. and I, I got, I'm going to do something. I got to, I'm going to pay my bill. And I get to talk. Uh, yeah, I get to and, talk. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm big man. They know I got money. Oh. That white man get to see me. He come to my house, I and he you. get to see I got that money. I got that money for him. That's until... Something happens and you be like, I paid Mr. Johnny. Right. Mr. Johnny gonna beat me anyway. But State Farm gonna be like, you didn't pay Mr. Johnny, so you defaulted on your yeah. on your own premium. You don't have to pay. So we're not responsible. So think about it. You didn't spend 25 years paying Mr. Johnny a hundred dollars a month. 12 and 25. I don't know what the number is, but that's a lot a of lot. money. <laughs> now you out of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It only so, take one time for you to miss. That's it. Yeah, but I'm but I'm a, I'm gonna go over the phone on this machine on this little thing and yeah. pay my my money. I don't need to see. My and money. it's gonna give you a receipt. But not just that. They tell you this call is being recorded to recorded and monitored mm-hmm. for quality purposes. He said I can't hear that. <laughs> so you, uh, Miss Rashawn, uh-huh. you, Miss Harris, you sell. <laughs> you are a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking to us about uh, insurance. You're talking to us about investing. Yes. Um, so how do you get that trust built? What What do you do as a financial planner to try to, to come over, move across that hump? Um, well, when I sit down with people, um, first of all, it's usually coming from someone that has referred them to me mm-hmm. um, or somebody that I know personally. So there is a certain level of trust already. Mm-hmm. But um, I always stress to them, I all, you're going to get trust with people when you know what you're talking about. If they feel like you are an expert at, you know, in your industry, they're going to feel there's a certain level of trust that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that any questions that they have, um, any hesitations they may have, I always want to know if they already have insurance, what was their mindset when they purchased that? Um, because I want to know how I can help, you know, line up what I have with that and kind of ease their mind in that way. But um, talking to people, especially like when I'm sitting down talking to a mom, talking to them mother to mother, like the reason why I got it for myself and my kids, you know, mm-hmm. Um, talking to them from, like, if they're a daughter, from whatever perspective that I can give them um, as to why this is important and also just backing up with facts. Mm -hmm. This isn't, like, an opinion that I have. Mm -hmm. It's a fact Mm -hmm. that we need life insurance, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if, like, when I'm talking to my wives, your husband has a target on his back every day. Mm -hmm. Your husband, your son, and so this is why you need to... This is why I have it. Mm -hmm. So... And then I don't put any pressure on them too, because at the end of the day, I don't I don't like that salesman. Mm-hmm. That's not me at all. Like I'm not a salesperson. Um, but at the end of the day, the only person that has to deal with the choice that you make today or tomorrow about getting or not getting is you and your family. Right. Me and my family have it. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm trying to pass on some information to you, and it's up to you to make an informed decision based on the facts. Mm-hmm. Period. So, I mean, and at the end of the day, we try to. 
We tired of buying suppers. Yeah. Yes. For funerals. Yes. Because if you think about it, okay, let's just say I've bought 10 suppers this month. $10 a piece. I've paid $40 a month. You could have bought uh, some life insurance. Break it down. Yeah. Break it down. Like, it's literally that simple. Mm -hmm. Literally. So, and I do break it down for them in those simple terms. Like, okay, one thing I always break down is hair bundles. I don't wear hair bundles, obviously, but I know what they cost. And so my thing is, <laughs> girl, <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. it's literally like, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, mm -hmm. whatever. But, um, or even something as simple as a cell phone bill. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to pay $100 a month for a cell phone bill, mm -hmm. think about how much coverage you could get for that and breaking it down. Okay, what does that look like over a week's time? Mm -hmm. If you had to put money aside for a week, I always say, what would you say you spend every month on? Let's say I run to the gas station right quick, right? Mm -hmm. I buy some noodles, a big shot, some, you know, some candy, right? I might spend five to eight dollars every time I step foot into the gas station. Mm -hmm. Okay, so five dollars, and how many times am I running to the gas station? Most people, it's almost every day. Mm. So if it's Especially five, if you work outside. Yes. <laughs> so if it's five, let's say on a minimum scale, if it's five dollars a day for five days a week. $25 a week. So at minimum, you're throwing away $100 a month mm. on some stuff you won't even miss. Mm. So you could at least, minimum your budget is $100 a month because I know you have it. Mm -hmm. And I think the common misconception that people have is that people don't have the money. People have the money. Mm. They have the money to spend on what they want. Yeah. So um, I just had a four-month-old and I didn't realize that Congratulations. Thank you. I didn't realize like Jordans was a thing. Like that's like a thing where they start from young. I didn't realize at four months you start doing it. That that's the that's the thing. I've had people messaging me like, girl, these Jordans are coming out for um for your baby. You need to get your baby these Jordans. I go look at the shoes. I'm like, first of all, when he was born, he was eight pounds. Ooh. That was four months ago. He's 22 pounds now. Mm -hmm. He's grown so so oh, if i right. buy these hundred dollar shoes today yeah. he first he can't even walk <laughs> so baby drums are hundred dollars baby drums they're yeah. like 80 something like they basically once you add tax it's a hundred dollars can he walk so, no, <laughs> he should be walking because i can't carry him he's 20 something pounds <laughs> right so it's like people but people have the money for that so it's like if you have the money for that you have the money for life insurance, and that's just or retirement. You don't want to work. It breaks my heart when I see people like up in age working hard, not because they want to work, because they have to work. You know, and it's like because I had a lady one time. She was in her fifties, and she literally, I'm sitting across the table from her. She was like, she didn't have anything for retirement, and when she said, "I don't have anything," I'm thinking maybe a small amount. Mm -hmm. She had nothing. She like just, she lived day to day, lived check day to, check. to day, check to check, and I'm talking to her about these basic financial concepts, and she grabbed my hands and she was like, "Where have you been? Ooh. Like, where have you been?" And I'm like, "It's not even these hard, mind blowing concepts. These are simple things that we can put in place mm -hmm. so that we're not we're, we're we're taking the next generation to the next level, mm -hmm. you know." So. That's so, why. So in an instance like that, um, there's a this uh, 50-year-old hardworking person mm -hmm. living check to check. 
they have nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, they possibly, hopefully, Social Security will be their hopefully. little bit of right. nugget. Um, but that means that they would need to work until they qualify to be able to retire with Social Correct. Security. But it sounds like this person would probably not want to. They would love to be able to retire at an age maybe in the next, what, 10, 15 years. Yeah. So what kind, what, what's their baby steps to be able to get on board with something that, that they would consider hopefully beneficial to them at a retirement So age? somebody that's living check to check, and they've been doing that for so long, mm -hmm. unfortunately what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to either get a side hustle mm. or work, get another job so that they can start putting funds into place. Mm to put to the side, because you don't have it right now. You can't stretch it any further. Mm -hmm. So I always suggest, you know, I suggested to her specifically, she's like, you know how they have like grandma of the block or mama of the block? I'm like, watch these kids, but charge them. Oh. You know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy that you're doing, but mm -hmm. you have to start finding, we have to get creative, and black people are very creative, mm -hmm. but we have to start getting creative in um, right turning, yeah, mm -hmm. in the right way. Like, Let's just say you watch these kids for a couple hours for their moms to go to work. $10 an hour. So that that's my, this is my money to put away because even though she's 50 years old, she's probably going to live another 20 years. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. 20 years At of least. compound interest is mm -hmm. going to benefit her. So she can start putting that money to the side. Mm -hmm. But it's there's no way for me to tell her to cut back. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're, you're already cut back, you mm -hmm. know, so... It's just little things like that. We have to, um, we have to increase our income sources, and that's what white people have been teaching their kids for years. Yeah. Like you got to increase it. Like we we have all these people about repair credit, repair credit, but it's not necessarily about repairing your credit. It's increasing your income, because if your credit is bad, it's because you couldn't afford to pay these bills. Yeah. You can't afford to pay these bills because you don't make enough money. So we got to figure out. Okay, the, the problem is I got to make some more money, and I got to figure out a way to do that. So legally, legally, yes. Disclaimer. 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 Yeah. After we after we save and we raise our money, and I stop spending twenty five hours a day on monsters. Yes. What should I do with that money, and what what how will I benefit from it? What what what's the payoff? So um, when we sit down and we look at. If you say, listen, Rashawn, I do want to start investing. I want to put start putting some money to the side. Um, we have to look at your, it's called suitability. What is suitable for the investor? Not what's suitable for me, but what's suitable for the investor? So I'm going to ask you a few questions of how long will you let this money sit? Are you comfortable with, you know, if the market goes down like it recently did, are you comfortable with that? And I think most people are like, oh, my God, I can't lose no money. Lord, no, I don't want no money. But you don't understand. If I said, um, hey, Brandon, listen, what's your favorite store to shop at? Macy's. Macy's. <laughs> you have $100, right? You go into Macy's today, and you can buy two $50 shirts, right? Mm -hmm. The very next day, you walk up to Macy's, and Macy's says they're having a 70% sale. Are you going to flip and be like, oh, my God, Macy's is going out of business. I cannot believe I just bought those two shirts yesterday. No. You're going to oh. be like, my $100 can now buy, instead of two shirts, <laughs> I could buy 10 shirts. Right? right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So same thing with the market. 
when the market goes down, that doesn't mean you freak out. That means you buy more stuff because mm. eventually what you have to understand is the market is always going to correct itself. And when it does, now you're in the best possible position because you have the most shares. The market is not about dollars. It's about share accumulation. And if I have the most shares and I bought it at the cheapest, when it goes up, now my value of my share has increased times the amount of shares that I have. Now you've made money. I can't stop smiling. This is a great lesson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So don't freak out when you see it go down. That's when you say, I got to buy some more stuff. So this guy, Dave Ramsey, he is, um, you know, a financial guru in he was basically like the the market, especially like when all the coronavirus first happened, um, we pretty much killed the market due to fear. Mm. You know, we we killed the market. You know, there wasn't when you look at Southwest, Southwest did not lose 30 percent of its value in within 24 hours. We killed it. And so, but that benefit people who understand how it works. Mm -hmm. So if you understand how it works, okay, you were the first one to purchase those shares. So now when it starts going up, because now they're even talking about now doing a um, a tax incentive for people to travel. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, the government is not going to let these businesses fail. These industries, they can't do it. And I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, when you talk about investing, the top 1%, that's where their money is they're not playing with their own money. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to let their own money fail. So you have to learn how to maneuver in this environment without the without being scared of it. Um, because if you look at it over time, since the market has been around, it's only been down probably like 11 times mm-hmm. in years, yeah. you know? So it's always going to overcorrect itself. So this was an opportunity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huge opportunity. Right. A friend of mine just showed me his portfolio and he invested a thousand dollars two months ago and now it's worth seven thousand. Yeah. And, and that's just two months. Yeah. Why I can't win like that? Can you help me win yeah. like that? Because <laughs> I'm losing. Just not, as soon as the next ready. pandemic comes, we'll Wrong. be ready. Yeah, we'll be ready. <laughs> you, I was looking, it, it, it was red on Fox News. But like she said, 11 times. So it's on the average of every 15 years, the market crashed. Yeah. It crashed in 08. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying it crashed in 20, 12 years. But remember when it crashed in 08, remember how lovely it was. In 2009. Yes, two thousand. And when you look at the graph, it's like literally it goes down and then it spikes all the way up. Yeah. yeah. It overcorrected crazy. And then we were in a bear market up until this year. Okay, so bear. bear. So think about it like this. I'm sorry. We were in a bull market. Think about it like bear is down because it's clawing down. Bull horns going up. Mm-hmm. So we were in a bull market for mm-hmm. years. And now we're in a bear market. And it's not bad because you never... If I have, um, if today the shares are $10, tomorrow the shares are $12, the next day the shares are $15, I'm not really growing that much. But if today the shares are $10, tomorrow they're five, the next day they're 15, I've grown a lot in that short amount of time. So you definitely want those peaks and valleys. Um, You don't want them that often, but like he said, it, it, it doesn't happen that often. So when it does, you want to, you have to set yourself up to 
to be a part of that opportunity. Right. But some of those opportunities I missed, like the charter went bankrupt and they sent the, the um, it was 15 cent a share, mm -hmm. 200. And when Tesla was it that much, 9,000. Yeah. <laughs> should you pull your money out of those things after it, it, it rise? Or how do you know that's going to happen? Have you left out So like that? that takes a lot of research. Mm -hmm. You have to, so... What I do is I'm I'm Series 6 licensed. When you get your Series 6 license, that means you deal specifically with mutual funds. Mm -hmm. Mutual funds is we all pool our money together um, so that we can purchase shares at a lower price. So when I sell you, I'll, sell, I'll say, hey, in ABC Fund, they have companies like Apple, Facebook, um, Visa, MasterCard, these companies, right? But if you were to go to simply buy an Apple share, the price would be significantly higher, mm -hmm. right? So I deal specifically with mutual funds. What your friend is dealing with, he's dealing with someone who's Series 7 licensed who deals with day trading and individual stocks. So that's like your Robin Hoods, your E-Trade, things like that. There are people that are literally, they call it day trading and they draws. Like they literally wake up in the morning... <laughs> They <laughs> they wake up in the morning, they watch the market when the market opens up. The market fluctuates so much in that first those first few hours, and then it closes, you know, around four o'clock. Those people, they literally research everything. They're looking at foreign markets. Anytime the president opens his mouth, that can affect the market. Like literally. So there's so many different variables that can affect the market that we have no control over, but you have to do your due diligence in looking at those those um those things. So what I'm what I'm saying is me being Series 6 licensed, what with a company that I'm with, I can't tell someone how to do day trading because it's technically illegal. So, but I do have someone who I can connect you with. Who can help you with that? He's really, really, really good at what he does. I will get him on. Yeah, yeah. You need to get him on because he has a wealth of knowledge. And I say it's so funny because when I first, my sister linked me up with him. And I was like, um, you know, mutual fund investing and day trading is two totally separate things. But I want to learn a lot about it. So we did a Zoom. And I'm just laughing on a Zoom because hearing him talk and hearing all of his intellect. And then when I saw him on the Zoom, he's like chilling, sit back. He got like the little blunt in his ear. He's like, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I love this because people need to see you and be like, if he can, like, he knows what he's talking about. He may not package it like or look what you expect him to look like, but he is a beast at what he does. You know, he has those, he's teaching and right now he's doing it for free where he'll add you to a group me. He tells you what's what stocks to look at and stuff like that. And um, and so I'm working with him because another thing I do, this is a sidebar. Another thing I do is I do social media marketing and branding for um, small businesses. Mm. So I'm working on him to package it to where it's like subscription based because mm. I feel like people would want people want to know how to do that, but they don't want to put in the work to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, that's because you have to get creative with how you make your money in this season. So so. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Once we sell our hours, any hours we get from that, we can invest in that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what he said, because I don't yeah. even understand what he said, but it sounds good. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but um, I, the mutual fund, it, it gets me because in our 401k, mm -hmm. it's a billion dollar fund, right? Mm -hmm. 
So whoever controls that fund knows what we're investing in, right? Yes. So they're going to win because they know what we invest in. So they can go up on the price that day. So how, it's like we, we, have big, we got a big cowbell. Well, with your mutual fund, you can, you have control. So normally when people pick their um, retirement plans, they're not knowledgeable about, they give you a specific amount of funds you can choose from. Right. Um, and when you go and look at them, you are like, it looks like foreign language. There are just a few key things you need to know when you look at those funds. One, you want to look at the inception date. So that's the date from which the fund was birthed. Basically, the fund's birth date is the inception date. Then you look at, it's going to show you um, one year, five years, 10 years of how it's performed. Okay, a lot of those funds that are brand new baby funds, they're going to give you really high returns. Or it's going to appear that they have high returns because they're babies. You know, they're new. They're People like to, you know, Think about what a baby. Like, I'm excited about this baby, so I'm going to show high returns. What you want to pay attention to is funds that have been around for 20, 30, 40 years that have still had really high rates of return because you think about it. They have gone through a recession. They have gone through terrorist attacks. They have gone through different presidents, and they still have yielded me 9 10 15%. So those are the ones that have been battle-tested. You don't want to really look at those baby funds. If you are, it depends on really what type of investor you are. If you say, listen, I'm in my 50s. I don't really want to play around with the um, the investment world. I kind of want to be stable. You don't really, you want to look at funds, what they call blue chip stocks. Those are companies that aren't going anywhere. Those are your Disney's. Those are your, you know, your big companies like that. Um, but if you want to say, I want to take a little bit of a risk, you're going to look at techie stocks. Like when Facebook went public, that was a huge deal. Huge, huge, huge deal. Um, so those that's kind of, but you have, when you're looking at your 401k, there's just a few little things that you want to look at for you to make a decision on, do I want to go with this stock or that stock? Mm. Unfortunately, when you are a part of a 401k with a corporation, they limit what you can choose from. So that's why I always tell people, you want to have a 401k with your job, because especially if they're matching, because they're giving you free money. But you also want to have a Roth IRA outside because it gives you more control of what you're invested in, but it also allows you to have tax-free money when you retire. Mm. So your 401k, it helps you with taxes right now today because whatever you take off the top, they, they it's, you can add to your 401k. There's a max that you can add to it, but you can add to it, but that helps you today with your taxes, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it reduces your taxable life, your tax liability. Mm -hmm. But... At the end, when you retire, you have never paid taxes on that money. And Uncle Sam is going to get his. So <clears throat> let's just say I started putting into my 401k at 20 years old. I'm in a lower tax bracket. But when I'm 50 years old or 60, I'm in a higher tax bracket, but I'm paying taxes on money I put in at 20 years old. Mm. But with the Roth IRA, the money I put inside of there comes in after taxes. So when I take that money out, I don't pay taxes on that money. So you want to have both. So my question with the with the investing there. Mm -hmm. So if I give you a thousand dollars and I invest that in in the stock, and the stock brings me a hundred a hundred grand, can I just pull my money out? Yeah. At any time. Yeah. You can pull your money out now. What you have to understand is now I'm not a tax professional, but I can at least say this: 
that is going to be taxable income for you for that year. Gotcha. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I made it. I won. Yeah. Give me my honey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you can take it out at any time. It right. doesn't work like that with... um. So that's with like uh, anything but a retirement account. You can do that. With a retirement account, it's not really structured to work like that to for you to give me a thousand dollars and it flips to a hundred thousand because when you think of retirement account, it's mutual funds and it's long term investing. Mm -hmm. So in in a retirement account, it's structured to say you need this money at retirement. So if you touch it, the government is almost like uh uh you can't touch that. You I'm gonna spank you. You gonna I'm gonna spank you with a ten percent penalty. And I'm also going to spank you with a tax. Yeah, that's taxable income for that year. Mm -hmm. So if you need it, you better really, really need it. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So the ABCs and one, two, three, what do we need for Brandon to be a millionaire at 65? At 39, what, 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 what are the steps? He told your whole age. I'm 25. There you go. He's 25. Not that Brandon. Oh, no. But the 25. All right. So what would a 39-year-old guy need to do today in order to be a millionaire? Who, who paid, paying off or paid off his house? Paid off the house. Okay. Yeah. That's all great no, information. No car, no. No, no car, car, no. Any children? Yeah, but he, he going to be well over the taking care of stage okay. today. Okay. <laughs> By that time. Okay. So... Do you have anything, does, does this Brandon have anything saved already? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is what I do. I have this, it's called a um, financial needs analysis. In short, I'm going to show you, uh, and this is actually, there's another app that you can download too called Compound. Um, and Compound will basically, because you could hand do Compound interest, but you don't want to. No. It's a hot mess. There's an app for that, okay? So you can download this app called Compound, and it'll tell you, it'll say, okay, what, um, how much do you are you starting with or how much are you contributing, what the average interest rate is, which you want to kind of say like 9%. That's like average. There are funds that give you way more, but average is 9%. And then it'll tell you, um, and it'll say how many years. And it'll tell you this is how much money you will have if you contribute this amount over this amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and not as a sidebar, just mm -hmm. should we put insurance on all our loved ones? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But is there is is there a um, age limit on term insurance? Yeah. So the way term insurance works is insurance is just not something you could just pick up from the grocery store. Like you have to medically qualify for it. And you got to think these insurance companies are businesses essentially. And so nobody wants to insure anything high risk. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for young, healthy people. And the reason why you want to get it when you're young and healthy is because it's very affordable, right? So a hundred thousand dollars on an 18 year old might be literally $20 and you're locked into that rate. But $100,000 on a 50-year-old could literally be $100. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the thing with, with term insurance. Most people want to get it when, they've, when they're sick or when it's too late. Literally, mm -hmm. I get those calls all the time. Hey, my, my mother, is, she's just found out she has cancer. Can I get a policy on her? No, they won't, they won't allow that. You know? mm -hmm. so, 
But Alex Trebek come on the TV every day and say you can get this policy. He does. So that's a whole life policy, which comes with a lot of fine print. So what Alex isn't telling you guys is you have to have that policy for two years. I don't know, like, where you get that confirmation from God that says, you know, I'm going to be living for two years for sure. So wherever they're getting it from, you have to be living for two years because if you die within that two-year window, mm -hmm. they're only going to refund the premiums that you've paid mm -hmm. into the policy. They actually refund it? Yeah, they'll refund you the premium paid that you paid into the policy, mm -hmm. which is probably not enough for you to have a burial. Right. So uh, it comes with a lot of stipulations, and it's not a lot of coverage. Oh, oh. All whole life policies. Oh, two years? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a two-year contestability yeah. on all life insurance, so, period. So let's let's get to the nitty-gritty. So what's the difference with the whole life and what's the difference with the term life? And why is whole life not better than term life? Okay, so the difference with but let me let me just tell you a story about whole life. So whole life is it used to be called Negro insurance. And the reason why they called it Negro insurance was because they did not want white people to sell to Negroes, like, period. So at one point, white uh, life insurance agents would not even get their commissions if they sold to black people. And you have to think about it. If, if they were killing us, why would they want to pay out money to our families for killing us? You know, that just, that doesn't make sense. So once they were able to sell to black people, they didn't want to sell us anything. They wanted to keep us in a contract, a really bad contract for our whole lives, whole life insurance, right? So I'm going to sell you a very small amount of coverage for a whole lot of money for your, and you're stuck in this contract for your whole life. So when you pass away, you don't even have enough money to leave to your family because it all is going towards burial. And so that goes back to the generation. That start, that's from way back when. But our grandmothers did it, so our moms did it, and now we're doing it, right? So the way whole life insurance works is you're paying for two things. So whole life insurance is a lot more expensive than term life insurance because you're paying for two things. You're paying one for the actual cost of insurance. The other thing you're paying for is your cash value. That's one of the selling points of whole life insurance. They'll say, listen, you will accumulate a cash value in this policy. Let me stop it. Whole life is that what Primerica do? No, right. Primerica does term. All right. Um, and so when you generate this cash value inside of your policy, what they don't tell you is for the first from years from year one to up to I've seen up to year four, there's no money being accumulated into this cash cash value. So just imagine if you were going to your local bank and you were putting $50 a month into a into your savings account. And then at the end of the year, you're going to your bank expecting a certain amount of money in your savings account, and they say, oh, no, nothing's in here. You're probably going to have a problem with your bank. Mm -hmm. But people do that, allow their, their life insurance companies to do that for up to four years, right? Then let's just say you never take any money from this account when you pass away you're not going to, your family's not going to get the cash value and the amount you've been paying for the insurance, even though you've been paying for those two things for your whole life. You're going to get one or the other. Nine times out of 10, the amount of your life insurance is more than the cash value. So people take the amount of the, the insurance. But where is this cash value going? Hmm. The title of the cash value, they leave this out all the time, but it's in any whole life policy. If you look it up, it's a cash surrender value. When you surrender something, you're giving it up. It's a cash surrender. So you're surrendering cash. 
back to the insurance company. The CEO. Yeah. So, and then people always love to say, well, with my life insurance policy, I can borrow money. You are borrowing from yourself mm-hmm. and have to pay yourself back. I mean, have to pay the insurance company back with interest. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever do that if you broke it down to them like that. If you, if I said, if Chase said, Rashawn, you have this money in your savings account. If you want to take anything out of your savings account, that's fine. But you have to pay us back 4 to 8% interest on your money. I would be like, um, no. Mm-hmm. Like, that makes no sense. People do it all the time. And they actually take pride in the fact that they can borrow from themselves. Okay? Mm-hmm. So. You're messing me up. You're making me seem like I'm. The, no, you didn't know. You didn't know. So, then... Let's just say you do borrow from yourself, right? You take this money. If you never pay that money back to the bank, I mean, to the insurance company, when you pass away, they're going to take, they're going to deduct it off the top from your death benefit. But the interest is accrued daily. So if, and, and that's what happened during Katrina. And I learned this when I sat down with my dad and broke down his policy. During Katrina, people were literally forced to pull from their 401ks, pull from their cash value, policies that they've had for years. And so when he pulled all this money out, um, one of his policies, it completely lapses. Because if you have $0 in your cash value account, you have zero policy. You have nothing. So that's how that works. So let's just say you pass away. They're going to take all of that money off of the top. People from Katrina, if they took money 15 years ago, if they pass away a $3,000 policy, they have nothing now. Nothing. Suppers. Suppers. So you went for paying for this all of these years, but you actually have nothing to show for it. Mm. So that's how whole life insurance companies work. And that's how they have been literally messing over the black community for years. I mean, they send these white insurance agents to our communities, knock on our doors. They build relationships with us. They give us suckers. Like, because I I personally believe they believe we're suckers. Like, they give us suckers. To continue to purchase, and they're they're good. They they got in with grandma. They got in with mama. Now they in with me and my kids. Mm-hmm. And they do this for years and years and years. And um, when you ask them, because I've had eight, what they call agent confrontations. When you ask them, like, hey, listen, what do you have for your family? Like, what type of insurance do you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have whole life and term. So why did you feel term was great enough for your family, but not for my client's family? Mm-hmm. What is why did you get term insurance? Because with term, this guy actually said with term insurance, I can pay off my mortgage. I can put money to the side for my kids. My client doesn't want to pay off her mortgage. My client doesn't want to send her kids to college. Why was that okay for your family, but not for theirs? Mm. You know, so when you get down to the nitty gritty and ask them hard questions, um, they really start to see like this person did not have my best interest at heart. Mm. It's, it's not. It is. And whole life agents. <laughs> get paid a whole lot of money as well. So term life agents don't make as much money um, because the policies, you're not getting paid for the li- the length of the policy, the life of the policy. Whole life agents you are. So even with like the whole car insurance, they'll sell you on bundling your auto insurance and your life insurance to save a few dollars. They're always going to push to sell you a whole life policy or something that you probably, you may not have heard of, a universal life policy or a variable life. Those are also very bad policies. So what if it's too late for you to... If it's too late for you, it's like, I would rather you have whole life than nothing. But if you could get out of a whole life policy, you should get out of a whole life policy. 
I've had people say, well, I've been with them for so long. And I'm like, if your daughter was in a bad relationship and oh. you find out this man has been abusing this girl, for all, but she been with him for years, mm -hmm. are you going to say, but girl, look, you've been with him so long, girl. Just keep getting your ass. You are like, amazing. Just oh, my God. You know, like, no, you're going to be like, leave him. And you're going to win today. It's like telling Anna May okay. stay with Ike after Exactly. Ike exactly. No. It's time to go. It's too late. And there is there are situations like that where it's too late. Um, even like with variable the way variable life insurance works is um you it's it's like whole life and term combined. So you're gonna pay a little bit of premium, but eventually it's gonna it's your policy's gonna lapse. So it's almost like I'm gonna pay, let's just say third I'm gonna ask you for thirty dollars a month. I'm the insurance company, I'm asking you for thirty dollars a month every month, right? Next year, you turn a year older, the cost of your insurance is actually going up from $30 a month to $40 a month. But I'm only asking you for $30 a month. The next year is going to go up from $40 to $50. I'm still only asking you for $30. So you're like, wait, where is this other money coming from? Mm -hmm. It's coming from your cash value account, right? Mm. Once your cash value hits zero, they will kindly send you a letter that says your policy has lapsed. Mm. Now you have diabetes. Oh. Now you have high blood pressure, wow. and nobody else wants to pick you up. Mm. But they'll say, "Well, you know what? Don't worry. We'll continue to cover you." But now your premium is four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So, are you are you cool with that? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we need to invest in a whole life company. No, you need to get so. Let me so let me explain how term you need to be your own insurance. And so listen, so let, let me explain what how term insurance works. So term insurance is like this. You buy term insurance, let's just say um you get a hundred thousand dollars, right? You get a hundred thousand dollars and um you paying thirty dollars a month. Well, the reason why you need a hundred thousand dollars is because you say, listen, I have um a young child, I want to pay for them to go to college. I want to, I have a little bit left on my mortgage, um, you know, stuff like that. You figure out what we call um, how much money that you need at the end of the day. If, if anything were to happen to you, what are people depending on you for? That's how you figure out how much insurance you need, right? So let's just say 30 years from now, your child, so if I have, I, I get insurance today, my son is four months. I, I'm on a 30-year term. 30 years from now, my child will be 30 years old. He will not be living with me. He will not be dependent on my income, right? Mm -hmm. I only need insurance because I have people depending on me. Mm -hmm. So 30 years from now, when it comes time for me to renew my insurance, because that's what most people, their conception of term is, once the term expires, I don't have insurance anymore. That's not the case. Once your term expires, it's time to renew at your attained age, okay? Mm -hmm. So 30 years from now, I'll be 62, so I may not, I might not need all of that insurance I had 30 years ago because, like I said, my mortgage is paid off. My son has graduated, like he's 30. He has his own family to worry about. Mm -hmm. I might just need enough money for burial insurance. So at that point, I'll say, let me reduce how much coverage I have, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I say, you know what, I actually want to keep the amount of coverage I have because I'm not playing the insurance game anymore. I'm playing the inheritance game. I want to make sure I leave my son X amount of dollars when I pass away. If you do the numbers, you will, with a term policy, you will never put into the policy what you're going to take from it. You never will. So it sounds like um, the term insurance is to keep your family on track mm -hmm. for, your, for your goals. Yes. Your goals. Yes. 
So we shooting for term instead of instead of the Negro insurance. That's right. Right. So, so I, you know, my parents, um, they had to my parents uh, had term insurance and then it ended. Mm-hmm. And then they said that when we renewed, the amount would go up every three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looked like it was going to be something that wasn't affordable. Mm-hmm. So we looked for a policy where they would have something that they would kind of lock into that rate and that was only whole life. So, so the, the plan that people need to do when you buy term insurance, you need to be investing as well. Because the goal is, it's called the theory of decreasing responsibility. So if I'm up here, I need a lot of life insurance because I'm young. I'm young. I have a lot of responsibilities. I have high debt, right? Mm-hmm. When I get over here, my need for insurance goes down because I'm at retirement age, right? But at the bottom up here, today, I don't have a lot of money saved. So today, I need to actually start saving a lot of money so that when I get to retirement age, I have a lot of money, so I don't need a lot of insurance. That's how this is supposed to go. But most people, they only get one of the two. They only get the insurance, so they're still not prepared when they retire. So now it's like, damn, my insurance has gone up to something I can't afford because I was not preparing when I got when I had it at an affordable rate. I wasn't putting that money to the side. That was the problem I had with Primerica, because when I actually sat down and I'm, I'm reading, I'm like, when I'm in 45, mm-hmm. you don't want $300. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. I cut it. Yeah. Because then I went and got the, <laughs> the Negro insurance, <laughs> but I took it a step further. I brought four plots, funeral plots, so my, whoever buried me won't have to worry about that. Yeah. That part, well, you don't have to worry about it because you want to hit you for the school. Right, and right. The opening in the... But yeah. the big burden is out, so it's really, it goes back to what you said. I hate to say it. It's education. It is. It is. Right. And with people, when they sit down with you and they're explaining term insurance, because all agents have that, they want to make a dollar. But at the end of the day, it's about fully explaining to somebody what it is. Because at the end of the day, some people may say, you know what? I'm, term insurance is right for me, but if you feel like it's not right for you after hearing the full explanation, then it's not right for you. That's fine. But you, it's it's only my only job is to give you the facts. If you, I've had people who tell me whole life was better for their family, and that's fine. It's just not good for mine. But right. I gave you the facts about how to choose. You know what it is. And I, I think what it is, you, you're learning and you're Yeah. Yeah. But it it is from what you're saying. I mean, I I, I kind of see why my grandmother kept the money in a box spring because she was born in 1919, so she went through mm-hmm. that with yep. the, the difference. And if you're telling me, yeah, my premium, I'm going to pay 30, but my premium 40. The next year, my premium 50, I'm still paying 30. Hey, I just shot a seven and crapped out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they don't explain that to you. And that's the, they just sell it to you. Like, look, you get insurance and it's cheap. So, and that's all we want to hear. But we don't do our due diligence about actually reading. Because you know what they say, you want to hide something from a black person, put it, put it in, in a book. book. Well, what, what, why would I get, all right, so if I got term insurance, what happens to all the 
gonna you pay the higher premium because so I need I need to draw it out because when I, when when you renew you pay the higher premium which because at, at the end of the day you know I'm I'm gonna pass away. Okay? So if you don't yeah so if you don't renew then you don't you stop. But I explain it to people like this: Who do you have your car insurance with? Geico. Geico. I drive around. 30 days. I didn't pay Geico at the first. I drive around 30 days. I didn't pay y'all $200. I don't get no car accident. Uh, at the end of the month, I can't call Geico and be like, say, bro, where's my money at? Mm -hmm. I didn't have to cash in on this policy this month. Where's my $200? So that's how you, that's how you, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I'm going to get God call out something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get him out something. Oh, Lord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I got to go to... Uh, but then you think about it, too. You pay $230 for your insurance, I'm just saying. But you're getting state minimum. The max that you're going to get is $15,000 or $30,000, right? And you get a $15,000 policy. Right. But... Your life insurance, you don't want to pay $230 a month and you could possibly get 100000 But see, the whole thing is, I ain't getting the 100 grand. Right. I got to leave the 100 grand. You got to leave it, yes. And so that's why I say life insurance is <laughs> it's, living, it's the most selfless thing that you can. It's, it's love insurance. Who do you love like that? Yeah, I love Who my you, kid like that. If so. you love them like that, leave them, leave them, leave them a little something. You see, how we, we, we looking for the come up. Yeah. The lick, so. Yeah. So that's why I tell people the life insurance is for who you love. The retirement is for, for you. Because life insurance is in the event we die too soon. The investment is in the event we live too long. You have to protect yourself on both sides. But it's, if we can play the other side, we can get insurance on everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But then they got to swab them out. So you have to, there has to be some type of insurable interest. So... You can't just go under the bridge and ask people for their social and date of birth and cover them. Mm -hmm. There has to be some level of, you know, if something happened to them, you would have some type of financial hardship because like, of it. Like an employee. Right? And so there's something called key key man insurance. So you can, if you have a key employee that if something happened to them, that would be a detriment to your business. You can definitely get a life insurance policy on them. So what Walmart did was they, the, ins the employee got insurance on themselves, but Walmart put themselves as the beneficiary. Slick. Yes. The yes. game cold, but it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so they put themselves as the beneficiary. You can't just go and pay for anybody's insurance. So that that's how that works. It, just has, it can be relative. It can be your. It is we call it up and down. So you can get insurance on your mom or your dad. Your dad or mom can get insurance on you. You can get insurance on your kids, your grandkids, your grandkids or your kids can get insurance on you. If you have a significant other, even people that have children together but aren't together, I always urge them to get a policy on one another because. Oh yeah, they can. They, they try. Yeah. <laughs> They try. Because I am. Um, I always say you can leave the children as the beneficiary. Yeah. But see, my mind go to wandering. Like, you might be trying to get me not go. Oh, well. You know what I'm saying? So How does that work? I mean, if you're not married, how so does that work? So if you're not married, the other person has to know about that. We ha I get those calls all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, no. You have to, I have to, they have to consent to this. Mm. But 
the way that you can protect yourself is, okay, if we're going to go ahead and I'm, I, we're not together, but I'm going to allow you to get an insurance policy on me. One, I need to make sure that my child is the beneficiary. But there's a caveat to that, too, because your child is under 18. Right. They're not going to disperse those funds to that child. Mm -hmm. So a step further is you open your child a trust. Mm -hmm. You get an attorney and you attract, You get your, your child a trust and that you leave. The beneficiary is the trust. And the trust will disperse the funds to the child. And you can be so specific in that trust of, at what age you want to disperse, what you want it spent on, all of that stuff can be in the trust. Mm -hmm. So and you have to do that through an, an attorney with yeah. the trust? Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. Yeah. So I trust was my word for the week. <laughs> I didn't have my meeting with the group. Yeah. Well, trust is just my wife, but mm -hmm. you, you just slid that on. <laughs> yeah, you're yes. his favorite person now. You're his favorite person <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, but there's business trust, right? Business yeah. Trust is business. So what's the trust? Can you explain the trust again? And then we're going to go to break. All right. Okay. So basically, a trust is just a, a, a legal agreement that is financially that you are telling a person, this is what you can do with these funds. This is, this is, it's not like, oh, so people get will and trust kind of confused, but with the trust, you're literally outlining, you can literally, I don't know if you guys watched, um, what's that show I was watching? Um, Power. At the end when Ghost died and he, and yeah, when he died and, and they, they, he dispersed all his funds and then he told, the attorney was saying, Tariq, listen, your dad left you $300,000. However, inside of the trust, you have to go to a four-year university, you have to graduate, and your grade point average has to be a 3.4. Wow. In order for you to get this money. Mm -hmm. So that's how specific a trust can be. A trust, nobody, that entity disperses the funds. Mm -hmm. Not anybody who pays the policy or anything like who that. Who owes the money? Who owes, what you mean? Who owes the money? Um, it can be like a, a whatever financial institution you choose. Right. So yeah. I see like Liberty Bank and Trust. Yeah. So you go to Liberty and do the trust department. So, yeah. So like the so when you pass away, whoever is your designated um, I'm not gonna kill any of y'all off in here. Let's just say we're dealing with person A, right? No, I'm, I'm, I want to do it as far as a company. Yeah. So that, business interest. Okay. So your business interest. So one of one of the business partners passes away. The other one goes to the bank and say, hey, listen, he had a, uh, he listed the the trust as the beneficiary. So Primerica, there's paperwork that you have to fill out. Primerica, whoever you deal with, they're going to send the funds over to that financial institution. You go to that financial institution and they make sure, they validate that you've met these requirements that have been outlined in this trust in order for you to get these funds. So, so basically we're having where we, our, our business interests do certain things. Mm -hmm. Once we get a certain amount of money, and once we do certain things, then the money will be dispersed to us. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So she's saying I take this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a break. I want a trust fund. I don't want that big. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, y'all rolling. All right, so I want to talk about these investments. Like, <laughs> what's the way? I mean, is it certain stocks uh, that you deal with that you would recommend? Um, so 
technically, I can't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't get That's that seven versus the six. Yeah, right? yeah. I was listening to And even, it. like, yeah, um, yeah, even with the, they don't even allow us to recommend specific stocks because we don't know your risk tolerance. And all of that has to be, like, documented. So your risk tolerance would be um, time horizon, how long you're going to let the money sit, if you're going to jump from class A uh, shares to class B or C, like all of those different things. But um, they don't want no Martha Stewart stuff going on. Yeah, they don't want any of that. And they are very, FINRA ain't no, FINRA will find you. They will find you and they will find you. They don't play. Yeah. So overall, I mean, as we have, we all have kids. What would you recommend? Uh, what would you say to an eighteen-year-old that's coming up, graduating from high school, on their way to college, or uh, someone graduating from college? Would you encourage them to invest? Absolutely. I would. This is my. This is what I would encourage them to do. If they have to, one, if they're working right now, they can start putting into a four hundred one k or IRA. Um, and so I would definitely encourage that. Two, I would encourage them to student loans. Like, that is the grim reaper to our people. It really is. Because we don't know. Um, I had student loans, and I would get what's called the refund check, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was my money. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like, girl, you want to go to the daiquiri shop? I got you on Wendy's. Let's go shop. Like, it was literally like... I was spending that money. I had no idea that when I graduated that the ink wasn't even dry on my diploma. Mm-hmm. And they were calling me like, this is um, a courtesy call. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking for some payments mm-hmm. to come. I was working at a hotel at the time, mm-hmm. um, was making no money. Mm-hmm. And so I had to put my loans into ferment. Well, what I wish I would have known, I wish I would have taken that refund check taking those funds that they get, because it was thousands of dollars, invested their money, Mm -hmm. okay? Took their money and went and invested it. Mm -hmm. Let that money accumulate and compound so that by the time that I did graduate, Mm -hmm. I may not have been able to pay the whole thing back, but it would have been a huge dent Mm -hmm. in the debt that I had. So I would have used their money to pay them back. Mm -hmm. And that's just free game. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody talks about that, you know? And and it should be expanded upon more, because that's really... Mm -hmm. That's free game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I if mean, they give me these lump sums of money, mm-hmm. I could definitely, I could flip that money and in in, in, in invest it. And so when I'm ready to take it out, it's, I'm just, I got this whole, I got a lump sum I could drop on my loan right quick. Mm-hmm. That's what, and I'm happy you said that because I used to always say like, college is a hustle. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to go here four years. You're going you gonna to give me probably 85 rack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get a job only paying me 50K. Yep. I got this car now because I need a car to get around and get to work. I have this little apartment. Yep. Okay, so if I'm making 50K, I might be putting 1200 every two weeks. Oh, Sally may want her money. Yep. No if, ands, buts, or buys. So mm-hmm. Sally may want her money. Capital finance want their money. Mm-hmm. Landlord want his money. Mm-hmm. Why well, I went to school. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then... What most people do is they figure, you know what? I'm not even going to pay her. I'm not going to pay Sally me her money. She's going to come get her money. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be when you need it the most. (laughs) Yes. Your taxes. Like. Yeah. 
You, it's like there's no, there's no running from her. Like there's no running from it. So you have to be smart about. It. So I would tell people, yeah, if you're 18 years old, um, know that that's not your money. I would never recommend anybody getting a private loan. Never get a private loan. And I would recommend if you're old enough, you need to start putting money to the side. Like you need to start investing as soon as you can start working. If parents too, if they have a business, you can employ your child and you can pay them $12,000 a year. You know, you can you can employ them instead and allow them to start putting money to the side, which would be a tax write-off for the parent. And the child is also benefiting from it too because they're um they're starting their retirement fund. Mm-hmm. So. See, that's that, that's the gym. That's that's what we missed in the eighties and seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's on us eighties babies and seventies babies, maybe seventies babies. <laughs> 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 that was a shot. To change that, I mean, yeah. if we could change that, we could we could do a whole lot. Yeah, and, you know, it would improve situations. Yeah, because people <laughs> would would people that's in different tax brackets, they're always looking for ways to lower their, or, or to give money away. They need to do something with this money. And so that, those are the type of things that they do. They they employ their children or they put money to the side for their kids via uh, 529 plans, which is college savings accounts. So let's just say I have four children. My oldest, I'm going to start putting money to the side for her. Well, she decides she doesn't want to go to college. She wants to open a business. Well, she doesn't have to take that money. She, I can gift it to the next child. So, you know, and it could go, and you could gift it like that. Or let's just say she does want to take the money um, and she doesn't want to use it for school because she, she opened a business. That money has been growing tax deferred for 18, 19 years, you know? So now if she takes it, it's a 10% penalty, but that's a lot of money to, you know, to start to fund your business or to fund, you know, something. We have to start doing that. When these children get money for birthdays or, you know, all of this stuff, the different things that they get money for, put their money into something you for know, them. We have this stigma, you know, we we like it so the children like, oh, I got to go get this. Mm-hmm. I need this because old boy at school got this. Oh, your girl, she got the bundles. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can get bundles and then you give it to, you know what I'm saying? Instead of thinking long term, we right. always think short, short term. Short term, yeah. And that's what kills us. That like, is. Honestly, that's what kills. It is. With more conversations like this, I I I can see that. I mean, I told you I have had a smile on my <laughs> face about this. Uh, I just think it's divine that you are here today, and the message that you're sharing can increase the wealth of our community. Um, what? How do you say it? Compounded. We oh can yeah. Kind of compounded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't I can't wait for part two of this. I'm gonna get my questions ready. Oh good. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is like something I'm very passionate about. Outside of how I got involved in it, um, I did learn a lot. But um I feel like that, yeah, I think people need to hear it. And I think also too, sometimes it's the messenger. Um, and so people miss the message. Mm-hmm. So if we have more people, like I said, that look like us, yes. that can deliver this message, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it'll fall on deaf ears no. like it was before. Right. And I think the language, right, mm-hmm. that when you're speaking this type of uh, message, right, mm-hmm. you have to be the right messenger. Yeah. So people get lost in the language when because yes. you're a professional, so you purposely talk over people here, right? Right, exactly. You don't want to get Well, you don't want to get down to the truth. Right. You talking above like yeah. my daughter calls me out, she'll say, I said something like, um, 
I said, oh my God, I'm just so famished. She was like, what that mean? I was like, I'm hungry. So she was like, I said, but you know, you need to start expanding your vocabulary. But I said, I wish more people would say, well, what does that mean? Instead of, of them feeling like they're gonna feel dumb or they're un, uh, uh, or ignorant, just ask, you know, what is that? What, what you mean by that? What you mean? Children, I feel like we learn our biggest lessons from. Cause they gonna just ask you. What? So, so this, this, uh, this word, compound, right? Mm -hmm. Compound interest, right? Mm -hmm. Curious to know where you find it, what's, what's real places, how do you, how do you benefit from it? So you benefit from it by starting, I always say. You, you start. There's a, I, I don't know if you were in here when I told them about the app that you can download, it's called Compound. Mm -hmm. But you can play around with that. And, and it's gonna ask you like a dollar amount. It's gonna ask you a time. It's gonna ask you, um, you know, and, and you give them, you input all this information, it'll tell you if you put in $500 with this amount of interest rate, this is what your compound will look like over these years. Um, but you wanna look at compound interest um, as a benefit to you. Right. We always have looked at, we, it's always been actually a, a detriment to us because it negatively impacts us when it comes down to like, car uh, credit cards and stuff like that um but you can flip it and make it to where it benefits you so if i'm looking at um how can i have this 50 dollars that i put away for 30 years how what, what does that look like for me with a five percent rate of return so getting that type of information um and really kind of understanding which is not hard it's not hard to understand um but you have to know the resources that's why i always i always suggest that app it's a free app you can download i play with it all the time <laughs> just it puts see. a smile on yeah just to see like okay well if i because you can look at like okay something so small can really build to something right you know mm -hmm. substantial why why do why do we why do this might be part two why do why does that work for us i mean why do we have this compound interest thing why are people willing to pay you to hold your money? Okay, so because they're taking your money and they're investing it. So, for example, <laughs> if you go to a bank right now and you put $3,000 into that bank, mm -hmm. on your phone, you'll see $3,000. That bank has taken that money and they've gone and invested it, right? So we call it like you, you bypass the middleman. The bank is the middleman where you put your money in the bank, the bank takes it, they go and invest it for you. They're going to give, they're probably getting a 15% rate of return on your money, and they're just going to give you 0.001% right. on it, <laughs> right? Because what they understand is you are too scared to invest your own money. Mm -hmm. Your money is going to be invested whether you like it or not, but are you going to be the benefit, are you going to be the one benefiting from it? So that's where the whole stock market comes into play because you can take your own money to where the bank takes it to and benefit from it the same way they do. But we're too scared to get the information to go and actually and move on that. Hmm. Um, there's a, a kind of a rule, how, how, like I've been talking about rate of return and those numbers, what those look like. When you're looking at different rates of return, it's called the rule of 72. If you've ever sit, sat, you know, most people don't teach it or most people don't really know it, but whatever interest rate you receive, you divide it by 72 and that tells you how long it's going to take for your money to double. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what compound interest is. So three goes into 72, 24 times. So if you get a 3% rate of return, every 24 years, your money would double. So uh, if you get in a six goes into 72, what is that? 
No, 12 goes into 72 six times. So if you get a 12% rate of return every six years, your money is going to double. So if you take the same, if you take $10,000 with a 3% rate of return, at the end of 48 years, you're going to have $40,000. If you take that same $10,000 with a 12% rate of return, at the end of that 48 years, you'll have $1.2 million. All because of the interest rate. So basically, we, we, we've been getting gassed all our life because this... <laughs> And, and I don't know, I can't speak for Georgia School Board, Texas, Florida School Board, whoever. I can speak for Orleans Parish School Board. <laughs> this was not taught in Orleans Parish. No, it's not. And it's, this, this, this is what we should be fighting for. Yes. This is what we need the people to change the laws and the education yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Because there's no way that we're not supposed to know this. Yeah. And we big on savings accounts and we big on, like you said, putting the money in the mattress, but right. at the end of the day, people sh people are making money off of... Our dumbness. Uh, yeah. Like, to be bold. And yeah, we're scared. Yeah, I mean, like, we're scared. Make money to... off the ignorance of others, right? Yes. Yeah, they're prospering off of the off of our ignorance. Yeah, They're profiting. profiting. They're profiting, yes. I'm going to have to go find a lawmaker because this, because, this got to change. Yeah, we be so scared to, to let go of our dollar in that sense. Like, we'll... We, uh, Jordans, bundles, yep. you could take this money. But when it comes down to putting it and investing it in something, we got all of the questions. We have mm -hmm. all of the questions. And one thing I um I've been I tell parents like when I do like the um there's a summer camp I go and speak at and I was teaching like how money works to kids at a, at another summer camp and I was telling them like listen what I want y'all to start doing is one thing I haven't started doing was start start uh tracking where they spend their money. Or their mom's money. Like every time you you go to Chick Fil A or you go to McDonald's or whatever, start adding that up and see how much money you're spending. And because I said you need to realize how hard your mom works or your dad works for this money. So I would say, okay, let's say they make twenty dollars an hour, and I broke it down. This is how long, how many hours they have to work to make this amount of money. Right. The second thing I told them to do was instead of asking for iPhones or instead of asking for Jordans, ask for stock. Say, Mama, I want to own something. Like, I want to own a piece of something. Let me ask for Apple stock. Because for the amount of an Apple phone, you can buy several shares of Apple. For the amount of a Jordan, you can buy several shares of Nike. So that's long-term. And, and, and when you explain it to a child, they understand what that means. Like, they get it. But what can you give them? To be able to walk around the mall with, <laughs> right? You know? so I'm, I'm I need that's beautiful. That's beautiful. What token? What token can they uh, come from? I mean, come with so that they can say, "I have this," and and they they feel like they actually have something. Mm -hmm. It should be like um, like a medallion. A medal. Yeah. 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 Because yep. it's it's. It's a cold world, and children are cruel, and... Man, I own Apple. Right, right. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> Look at you, this, you know, just mall, a little something. When you're in that mall, then, mm -hmm. damn, the D got on a fresh jig. I'm over here with these Reeboks on. <laughs> Mama, like, why I can't get J? Well, son, I got your stock, but mine. <laughs> the D guy, <laughs> you know. The D ain't got no stock. So maybe it's a balance. Maybe yeah, it's a sometimes balance. they get this, but mm -hmm. at least setting, setting them up, setting mm -hmm. them up. Yeah, it's about perception and things they see, mm -hmm. like on television. Mm -hmm. And it's like we having this beautiful, positive conversation, and it's like it's not coming from a celebrity, so people may be like, 
whatever. Yeah. It's just, you know, five black people in the room <laughs> talking. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yes. if your favorite singer come and say, oh, that's loud. Yeah. Um, but you know what's crazy, too? These are conversations that we are saying we need to start having. We have to start having. We need more of it. These are normal everyday conversations mm-hmm. white people have right all the time and that's the point right i, I think that because oh. that's just it it's not the norm for us mm-hmm. so when we sitting down and we talking and like they say we popping off we're not talking about investment so our kids don't hear us talking they don't about hear that, yeah right yeah let's just let's just say who looks like you that's saying this is how i made it yeah right that's true so how do we, how do we, how do these kids forecast? And you're not saying, oh, yeah, I can make it investing. Mm-hmm. That conversation is not strong enough. Right. Right? So if we talking like this yeah. on the norm, and a kid over here and you talking and like, oh, this is how I got it. Mm-hmm. Really? Not, I mean, like you said, they're interested in it. Yeah. But the average person, right? Let's be honest. They, they talking more about bundles and jobs than they talking about. That's true. We definitely got to, we have to make it the norm. And um, and and make it to where it's it's gonna take baby steps. Like we can't force it down their throats. Right. Um, we can't over overshare and overfeed because then we turn off. You know. So it just kind of like weaving it into your everyday conversations mm-hmm. of um life, your everyday life conversations. Right. Um, like I said, I think. It wasn't until I started having my daughter do that of, do you realize, you know, how much this costs? Or do you realize to where she is like, oh, okay, like I get that. You know, mm-hmm. I understand how that is. My my first encounter with money and credit cards was when I, I tell my sisters all the time, I remember when my dad, he had a flip book of credit cards. Oh, yeah. I remember. And mm-hmm. we literally, I thought we were rich. Like, legit thought we were rich. <laughs> because we would go, he would pick us up from school every day. He would take us to Wendy's. We got a Junior Bacon Cheeseburger, a Fry and a Frosty. <laughs> we went on vacations every year. Mm. And we we had, like, a pool in the back. Like, a, one of them, like, blow-up pools or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until one day he called all of us into the kitchen. He cut up all the credit cards. Y'all, I literally, I feel like I have childhood trauma from uh-huh. watching him cut up the credit cards. I was literally like... Uh, yes i'm like are we poor wait he's like we've been poor like my whole life what (laughs) he literally cut those cards up melted them y'all it was so traumatic because i literally i could see myself in the kitchen right now he cut those cards up and melted them and 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 burned them like melted them in the oven wow and it wasn't until like i got older to where and he was like, no, that was our second time filing bankruptcy. Because we were not funding our lifestyle. We were financing our lifestyle. But they didn't know no better. Like, that was, that was like, he told me my grandfather was a millionaire. My grandfather owned several um, laundromats. He had rental property. He owned on the corner of Jackson and Claiborne. That was like his, it still says Jackson Quality Cars. That was his corner. Well, when he died, he had owed so much in taxes, nobody in the family fought for the building to get the taxes, Uh, to get the building. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
Yeah. And so I'm like, wait, he was like, he was a millionaire. He said, and I remember one day he just had to sell everything. He was liquidating everything. And I'm like thinking nobody was there to teach him how to, he made it, but nobody's told him how to keep it. And I'm just like, dang, this is just crazy how it's generational. And I was like, oh no, we're not playing it. We're not doing it. You know, it has to stop somewhere. But, you know, you have to have those honest conversations with your kids. Like they might be traumatized like me. When, you know, I didn't realize we was broke. Well, I financing thought we was financing and not funding. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's... That, I mean, that's real. It's real. I got to get this help. Mm-hmm. I got to get this bag. You know what I'm saying? It's just all the new, the new Louis came out. Oh, my God. He got the dudes. Man, you know that. Truth be told, that is actually the American Yeah, yeah. That's where, I mean, we've got, it's Credit City. Oh, yeah. Credit City. Um, I mean, even down to subsidized, uh, you know, we have a lot of subsidy. We have credit. And Mm -hmm. this is, that's the way. So I'm just, I'm very excited just to hear another way. And then. Um, is that something else that you do? You talk about uh, being able to assist folks to be able to like move from credit to whatever that other world is? Not necessarily. Um, I just kind of help them with just better everyday financial practices. Um, I'm not like a, I don't deem myself like a credit specialist, but I do feel like if you managing your money every day better will lead to better credit. I think people feel like, it's almost like with weight loss, they feel like, I'm gonna just go get this surgery right quick and I'm gonna, but it's like, but you still gonna eat bad. You know, you're not fixing the problem, you know? So it's like, when you get better every day financial practices, what is it? They're loving us, oh my gosh. Just say trust one more time, please, so be, be, be. We gonna hold you, we gonna let you go, we want part two. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he did. Oh, we did. Oh, he did. My grandfather was a staple of the community and all this stuff. He, there was no way somebody stood in the credit of him to lose all that. Right. 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 That, that shouldn't have never, it should have. And I showed him this thing too. However, there also sometimes there's this thing called pride. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You don't know. You right. don't know. Right. Right. You have no clue what yeah. that story is. Right. Right. That was the story that was told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, never know. Black people, that's one thing. We ain't got nothing else. We got some pride. Right. <laughs> that ship go down all by itself. Ain't you ain't going to never know that I'm struggling. Oh, no, no, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm a Delta. I crossed at Southeastern, so I went to Southeastern in Hammond. Um, I have my my degree in um, business and marketing, so which helped me out in you know in this in this area. But um, I went to Archbishop Blank after leaving McMain. You know, <laughs> sorry. For the people don't know, that's on the West Bank. That's on the West Bank. I heard of it. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's where I, that's where I get my. Um, my roots. I'm I'm from New Orleans East, but we did move to the West Bank, so you know. For you people out here, that's how I know McMahon was sick. They had to leave McMahon. Oh! Man, 
I'm disappointed. They was bragging it's, on this school. Like, this is the best thing. We can beat with Ben Franklin. Things just, change. Yeah, things change. Well, I, I went to Ben Franklin, and <laughs> they did not teach me how to go. So check. Oh, no. I went to Ed. Ed, she's not a bad person, but it gives me a lot of good money. Come on. Come on. Oh, wow. You gotta have, you definitely gotta have side hustles. Legally. Legal. Disclaimer. Legal hustle. Disclaimer. Cool. But that being said, for now, for D, for producer B, for Miss Harris, Mrs. Harris, Mrs. Harris, right? And for me, B, you gonna film a podcast next time. Get your credit card. Invest.